My name is Nancy Farrow, also known as Mama Lou, and I'm the founder of Epic Experience. Epic Experience mission is to empower adult cancer survivors and thrivers to live beyond cancer. I hope that as you listen to Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer, you find hope, healing, and empowerment. Through stories and education, we aim to guide those impacted by cancer and more importantly, offer love and support to anyone out there who needs it. This is Beyond Cancer. Good afternoon, everyone. I am here today with Jessica Stapleton, a.k.a. Tree Hugger. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So we're just going to dive right in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and of course, please include one fun fact. All right. A little bit about me. I am a regional manager for Costco. Um, I've been with the company for 16, almost 17 years. I worked my way up pushing carts to bagging groceries to optical, the hearing aids to kind of all over the place. And uh, I've been a regional manager for about two and a half years. Um, I have two cats that are the love of my life. So I'm sitting here in the hotel room. Uh, occasionally I drop in on them and look at them on their cat camera. Oh, <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. are their names? Um, Iggy and Benny and they're my babies. So um, fun fact about me is I, the first time I was on a plane, I was going from Spokane to London, England to live and study abroad in England. And after that, I got the travel bug and travel is very important to me. I make a, a major trip every year. I just got back from Iceland. In oh, that's pretty amazing. You went from zero to what? My 10 hours. <laughs> first flight was like 14 hours with time changes. And it was growing up experience, though. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's dive a little deeper then and tell us about your cancer experience. When you were diagnosed, kind of what led up to it, surgery, treatment, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was diagnosed in, um, official diagnosis was April of 2017. And previous to actually getting diagnosed, when I, I moved country or across country and I was down in Texas. And at one point, my doctor said, you know, you look like you got elevated white blood cells, but we'll check it in six months. Well, in the meantime, I moved to Washington State, so I just kind of forgot about it. Um, but the reason why I moved is my ten-year-old nephew was diagnosed with lymphoma, and it was you know time to time to go home, time to not worry about moving up with the company and just be there to support. And then six weeks after I got home, I got diagnosed with the same cancer. And wow. had he not been going through treatment, I don't know if I ever would have gone back into the doctor you know, so soon because I had some small lip nodes and you know everything that was a symptom. I kind of blew off as, oh, you know, it's because I live in Texas. That's why I have night sweats. And maybe I switched detergent. Time to go back from the Costco version back to Tide because mm -hmm. I itched. So everything that I blew off as a symptom, you know, once my nephew was diagnosed and I, my lip nodes weren't going any smaller, it was yeah. something to tell me to go in. And I'm so glad I did. 
Um, wow. I just had chemo and radiation. So four months of chemo and a whole month of radiation, uh, 17 doses, but spread out across a day, you know, one dose a day. And how long ago was that? That was all in 2017. So actually just in September, I celebrated my five years. in remission. Congratulations. Thank you. Celebrated with this gigantic diamond and these gigantic diamonds. Oh, very nice. <laughs> yes, very I nice. celebrate myself. So what does um, follow-up look like for you now? I'm back on the, or just the once a year. Once a year. So I was in the every six months uh, timeframe. And now I get to go to, I graduated once a year. Awesome. That is a huge accomplishment going to once a year. Yeah. So when you finally officially got diagnosed, what was it like telling people? I'm, I'm very out there. I'm a very, like, I have no problem talking to people about anything. You know, I, it's almost, it's not like I overshare, but I had no problem telling just about anybody. Um, my sister created a go or curing bridge. Yeah. So we kind of use that to update people, but um, you know, the people that cared and the people that were there for me, I made a good point of you know, keeping them updated, but occasionally we'd upload that you know, updates to the caring bridge. Was there anyone that it was particularly hard to tell? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, my mom was in the room with me when the doctor called. Okay. I mean, we, we pretty much already knew it was cancer. Yeah. And I went to the ER twice before getting diagnosed and she, the nurse or the, I think she was a nurse practitioner came in and said, you know, I can tell you're worried and I wish I could give you peace of mind, but I can't. I'm pretty sure this is cancer. So before I even had okay. a biopsy, before I had any of it, they said, you know, this is most likely what it is. So now, did that help you? Did having her tell you that help or did it? No, I think it helped because I okay. was able to that. This came up during camp where I had, um, I had a, a little bit of a breakthrough at camp as far <laughs> as emotional and, you know, just emotional availability. Because yeah. I remember sitting in a hospital bed when that doctor told me that. And my little sister tried to comfort me. So she put her hand on my hand. And I remember ripping it back, like, no, 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 we don't need a breakdown. We're going to be fine. And that's kind of, I bottled up the whole rest of the time. Yeah. So at camp, there was a, a breakthrough of where I realized, oh, man, I didn't make this easy on anybody because I kind of put up some walls and <laughs> just put yeah. it through. It well, wasn't hard to tell anybody. My sisters, we all kind of knew already. And yeah. Just plug away. Well, and that was going to be my next question is the mental and emotional impact. But you kind of already an answered that in the sense that the way you dealt with it was kind of, we're good. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. I, my oncologist specifically said, I can't believe your attitude. You need to come back and, and you know, just talk with people about how great you're handling this. I'm like, I didn't see any other way. Yeah. You know, to me, that was the only option. But, you know, um, it was something that, uh, wingman mentioned at camp where I was like, yeah, okay. I didn't do anybody any favors by, you know, putting those walls up. So what was life like prior to attending camp physically, mentally, emotionally, activity level? Like what was life life like for you? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is camp kind of gave me a, yes, you can, you can do it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm a stand up paddleboarder now. Never yes, you are. Before. I yeah. saw that. Spent a lot of time out there, lost some sunglasses to that little pond out there. But you but, still are a stand up paddleboarder. Oh, yeah. So. And I got back up sunglasses, so we're fine. But um, I, I think emotionally, I thought I was handling it fine. You know, I thought that it was something I dealt with, but clearly I didn't. You know, it was, it helped to talk about stuff. So then why did you cho choose to go to camp? If Because some people come to camp knowing they need something. It sounds mm -hmm. like you were doing okay 
for yeah, the most part. I, I actually, I found camp because I was, I do a lot of volunteering for a bunch of different organizations. And one of them is Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Mm. And I was at an event tabling for them. And the table next to me was Epic Experience. So I, he was just, I can't, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, I can't remember his campaign, but he said, you know, you got to apply for this. It's so much fun. So I, I was just looking forward to fun. I really was blown away by my experience. So, so you came into it. Okay. So you came into it for the fun of it, for the, yeah. <laughs> the activity and things like that. Awesome. Were you already pretty active? Yeah. I mean, I, I've had a, a kayak for several years there. I live in Washington state where there's hiking, mm. you know, any direction you throw a rock, you're going to find a mountain to go hiking on. So I'm, you know, fairly active, but it was definitely things that I was not prepared to, <laughs> to be doing. So when you came, to, it sounds like you're social. You have no problem talking Ooh, to people. Yeah, no, huh? So oh. were you looking forward to that part? Like, had you done any kind of support group where you actually talked to other people who were diagnosed? No, you hadn't done any of that. No. So were you looking forward to that part? I, or was that kind of like, man, had no idea what to expect. <laughs> okay. So I, I was pleasantly surprised by that because I think that was, to me, the biggest thing I got out of camp was the revelation of man. I thought it was like made of stone and able to conquer anything, but it was like, it was just because I didn't talk about it. I didn't process it. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. So thinking of the fact that you wanted to go and have fun, Mm -hmm. did your experience match your expectation? Exceeded. How so? Just everything. I mean, the support there, the, the group of women that were there, because it was a, all women camp. I don't know if it started out to be that way, but um, you know, it was supposed to be that lymphoma camp. Mm-hmm. And um, then just everything. It was like, how did how did the planet align to get everybody, the the campers that were there, you know, the volunteers that were there? It was just magical. What was your favorite activity? I think I know, but well, I mean, besides learning <laughs> how to stand up paddleboard, exactly. Um, the um, whitewater rafting was just amazing. Everything was just amazing. Yeah. And I think you said earlier that it was a yes, like this yeah, was the- I, one of the first days when it was the, I guess it was the second day where we were doing our single in the kayak mm-hmm. and the, like, you know, do you want the baby rapids or do you want the real rapids? And I was like, baby, baby, I just want the baby. And I'm like, no, why am I doing, why am I saying that? So then that kind of started, well, yes, I can, I can see on a paddleboard. What's stopping me? Good. So, so from there, it was more like, oh, let's, yes, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. Let's stand up on the kayak and <laughs> go down rapids. It was it started the the chain reaction. So from that whole experience, learning to say yes, realizing, well, talk to me more about the emotional part first. How, what, so the activity part you were looking forward to and it met your expectation. Yeah. The emotional connection part, you didn't even realize you needed when you went. Mm-hmm. So how did that kind of break you open, so to speak? How did that all come about? I mean, it took probably... I think it was one of the like third or fourth nights that I, it was something that wingman said. And then the next morning I was reflecting on it again. And like, you know, I never got emotional about, mm-hmm. you know, like any of the stories that we would tell. And it was, I couldn't even get through it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. telling the smaller group of people and it just, it was safe. You felt safe to talk to these people. You know, it was a couple of days getting to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the people that was in my bunk was in my, my small group. So it was, I don't know. It just gave you the safety to mm-hmm. say the things that, you know, have been weighing on you. Well, and things, five years. 
and things that it sounds like you hadn't really realized were even weighing on you in some ways because you had kind of kept them out yeah. there. So I put it, everything in a little box. Everything's fine. Yeah. Nothing to worry about. But clearly there was. So then coming home, you had two different, very different takeaways, equally powerful. The activity of yes, I can and the emotional, like maybe it's okay to talk about these things and not keep mm-hmm. them stuck. What of those things have you brought home? Well, the first day I called my sister that put her hand on me to comfort me. And I said, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember mm. it vividly. And I know what it meant to me for you to be there to comfort. And I'm sorry if my reaction, you know, stunted your support because they I have two sisters mm. and my mom's one of my best friends too. And they were, you know, they were at every chemo appointment. They were every, everything I needed from them. So you know, had the conversations about, I'm sorry, <laughs> if, yeah. if the way I process stuff, it, I didn't mean to, not mean to, but like, I didn't know it was going to have an impact on you. And yeah. I'm sure it did. Yeah. Wow. Has it continued kind of that openness and that sense in your, I guess, ability to feel this? Has that yeah. continued? Yeah. And I, I mean, I've never been afraid to, to talk about anything to anybody, but I also, you know, like I'll see a fellow survivor and I'm like you you gotta play the epic I don't want to ruin any kind of anything for them so I'm like I'm not going to tell you what it's about but just apply because yeah. it's it's just it was such a great experience and then activity wise what did you bring home or what are you doing now differently than well you had done before? I have a stand-up paddleboard in my cart at costco.com I have not purchased it yet but I will be but it's there day. yeah it's a body glove I'm pretty excited about it but <laughs> I, unfortunately, with this job I have, I haven't been able to do much. Um, I mean, I did go to Iceland for that oh, week yes. right after camp. So, you know, that was an experience too of, yes, I can. Yeah, I want to go a lot of to hiking. Yeah, I want to horseback ride. So I did a lot of activities that I probably wouldn't have done. That's what I was wondering. So they, mm-hmm. there were things that before camp, you may have gone to Iceland, but not done all the different exactly. things that you did. Just there. because, you know, hey, I, don't, I don't know if I can do that. So I'm not going to try because I'd rather not be embarrassed. Half the fun, <laughs> losing the sunglasses to the lake. That was fun. Hey, it's part of the journey, right? It's part of the whole experience. Exactly. So is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would want to share with someone listening, whether it's someone who has just been diagnosed or perhaps a caregiver, anything that you would want to share? Well, you know, I think about not... I don't know. I, I hope I didn't make things harder on my family than it needed mm. to be just because I, I didn't ask for help. I didn't let them in. I didn't, you know, say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling right now, which is everything's fine, you know? So, you know, for the caregivers, just, just be there. You know, I, mm. my family, even though I probably didn't make it easier for them, they were there and constantly asking for, you know, what can we do? What can we do? Well, just be in there. Mm-hmm. And then for being diagnosed, reach out to people, you know, it's, mm. it can be very lonely. Cancer is mm-hmm. scary for people. They don't know how to talk to you. It's not like they think you're going to die, but like people don't know how to process cancer. Yeah. And it gets, I can say from the day I was diagnosed, it was, I'm going to be there for you. You just tell me what you need from hundreds of people. And I can count on one hand how many people were there. It's, it's just so scary and nobody knows how to talk. So, you know, like, me personally, if I know someone's going through something, I send, I'll schedule a text message and I'll, for like a month from now, just think of you, let me know I'm here and they'll respond. You know, I forgot I even scheduled that text message and they'll, it lights up their day. So, you know, just 
being there for somebody, especially having gone through it. Um, I mm-hmm. obviously loved volunteering and going for um, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. There's events I go to all the time and it's just tell my story. I have no problem. I love it. That is awesome. Yeah. And one very important question, marshmallows, slow and steady or flame and crispy? Get them nice and crispy. And then you got to take the core exactly. off and then put it back in the fire. Take the core off, put it back in the fire, shrieks, and you got... Mm. You, you have this is. down. <laughs> that I'm is awesome. marshmallow eater. You are. Yeah. Well, tree hugger, you know, I forgot to ask you how you got your name. Um, it was at the first night eating dinner and I couldn't think of anything. And I can't remember who it was, but I, I mentioned I'm kind of a tree hugger because in my job, I do environmental compliance. And I was pointed at tree hugger. There so, you go. Yeah. Beautiful. I love happy. it. I, I am a tree hugger. <laughs> I love it. Well, tree hugger, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. And um, we will talk to everyone else next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Campfires of Hope, Living Beyond Cancer. For more information about Epic Experience and our programs, or to donate, please visit our website at epicexperience.org. Music for this podcast is provided by Moonshiner Collective. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us so we can share our story with more people. Also, be sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts so you'll know when new episodes are released. We hope you come back and join us for our next episode. Valentine.